Today on the Moogly podcast, we're hanging out with a super fun Californian, and we're going to be talking some more about journaling, one of our favorite things to do. We are women who have given up on trying to live in perfectionism and guilt. Because let's be honest, it just doesn't work. So we're trying something different and choosing to live intentionally and with hope. Please join us as we attempt to open the conversation and search out answers in a safe place. Welcome to the Moo Lily Podcast. Good evening, Christina. Hello, it's good to be, good with, to be you. with you, two friend. So we've had kind of a fun evening. It's ten uh-huh. past eight, which in a mother's world is about ten past eleven. So. <laughs> Um, this could be really fun. It could be really random. Nobody knows what's <laughs> yes. going to happen. But this is real. We're, we're, doing, we're it. doing it. So thank you for joining us. Yes. Um, I'm Christina, and I'm here with Christiana. <laughs> you are. And we have uh, two guests with us today we who do. we will introduce in a few minutes. Yep. So just a quick couple of things. We are on social media, so please um, check us out on Instagram and on Facebook. And I want to be very clear that we have a podcast and a blog. So just read the little thing underneath the picture because you can go to the website and read our blog or go to the website and listen to our podcast. They're all under the same series. We're currently doing a series called The Yellow Canary of Joy. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about how as women, like miners in the days of old, we're kind of sometimes feel as though we're living underground and we're not aware of the environment around us and sometimes that little canary which is like the indicator of whether we're safe whether the air is fresh has actually stopped singing yep. and it might actually be dead at the bottom of the cage That's right. and we need to stop and pay attention to that yes so as we come into spring this is what we're doing yes we are we're stopping and we're paying attention to what's going on around us to what's going on within us and we're wanting to ask the lord Mm-hmm. Um, what he thinks and what we need to be doing differently and how we need to be connecting into him to really have that um, capacity, that joy capacity to do life well. You said that so well for it being after eight. Well, thank you. I'm <laughs> thoroughly <laughs> impressed. That just came out of you from your inmost being, Christina. This, oh, I'm glad to hear that. This is something that I've chewed on with the Lord and process with the Lord and this is I think our third or fourth recording under this series which has just been a real blessing to me I really feel that the Lord is using this I've had some good feedback of people that have said to me that it's really pushing their buttons Uh that they feel like they have (laughs) to shift some things and um so that's encouraging yeah um so yes yeah all that to say check us out moolily.com yep that's M O L I L Y dot com. <laughs> yep. And as always, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors at Wooten Media mm-hmm. for the production that they do of this podcast. Yes. Yep. So I'm going to introduce to you Kim Specker. She was with us on the last two podcasts, yep. and she is going to introduce our special guest. Well, thank you. Christina, and I am so honored to get to introduce my special friend, Sungshim Lopnow. And it seems like we've been friends for a lifetime, but we actually just met each other two years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was actually at the release of her book called The Joyful Journey. Yes. And um, she and the other three authors uh, presented 
their book review to a group of people near Chicago. And my husband and I had the privilege of being in the audience. And we listened to their heart. Mm. And um, it moved my husband and I such a position. We were going, we're going to go home and we're going to practice this journaling model. Um, And it has changed our life. And so not only have we learned a journaling process, we have learned, um, we've, we've experienced a lifestyle change because, um, it has helped us slow down and honor what's going on around us and within us and what's going on in those, uh, those other people around us. So anyway, I am honored to introduce Sungshim as my sister as well as my friend mm. her children call me their aunt I love in that. Korean and I just love that I feel yeah. honored and um, Sung Shim has quite a story which is is too long to tell tonight but another time when you're focusing on women who've come here from other countries mm. and made success um, yes yeah <laughs> and, oh that's right Christina's raising her she's here? Australian <laughs> Aus- we have an Australian and we have a woman from South Korea as yeah. well who um, both of you have picked up your roots and you've come here um, really not ever expecting to return to your native country. Mm. And as I've grown in friendship with Sung Shim and I know you and I will grow into friendship, I see the price that women, international women pay Mm. to come be Mm. a part of American culture. Mm. And I have so respected Sung Shim listening to her stories and her pathway to be obedient to Jesus. And if that's anything I could introduce about her, it it surpasses any of those initials that are after her name. She has many degrees because (laughs) she's brilliant. But what Mm -hmm. radiates about Sung Shim more than her degrees is her heart and her passion for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it is infectious. So you long to be with Sung Shim. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to turn it over to you guys so you can talk to her. But thank you, Sung Shim, for agreeing to be here with us tonight. What an honor. Thank you. That was wonderful. <laughs> Very heartfelt. Oh, I love that. Thank you. I'm so glad to be with you guys. Oh, we are so glad that we feel so honored that you're taking. I know that you got Kim is sharing you with us, which speaks volumes, you know. Thank you. I really appreciate it, uh, Kim. It's just in response to you without Kim and Steve's hospitality and generosity, their love for the Lord, I couldn't be here. So I am really grateful Mm -hmm. to people like Kim and Steve who follow God's heart as well. So we've had quite a day today getting here, which... Oh my goodness. So I have five children, for those of you that don't know, and four of them are very sick, to differing degrees. And then Christiana was in the emergency room or the urgent, urgent care, care today. <laughs> and Sung Shim had to sort out some medical things for her yeah. son. So I just feel like today <laughs> that there was some spiritual warfare around <laughs> us being I'm together. So, yeah, maybe. Oh. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm really excited to hear what the Lord is going to, to share with us and, and do in this time. So um, Sung Shim, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your family? My family in California or my family in Korea? Just my family here. Well, tell mm. us yes. about, in, give us a snapshot of your, of your family in South Korea and your process of coming to the state, 
Yeah, States. so I grew up in Korea until 29, mm-hmm. and I grew up with uh, three other sisters. Uh, in Korean culture, not having a son was such a shameful thing mm. for mm. my mom's generation. I would yeah. say still it's there, but not as bad as it used to be. So okay. I grew up in that kind of environment. Mm. Uh, Often I heard people saying it. I should uh, play a role as a son since my dad didn't have a son in his life. Right. So then it's just that's the kind of the background of South Korea, mm. and also like really um, it wasn't not enough kind of condition. So kind of say it bluntly, I was exposed to poverty since I was little. Right. So growing up, so it was just amazing for me to watch how God provided all the resources for me to even have uh, enough schooling. Mm -hmm. And then I came to America at age 29 to study further. Uh, I studied marriage and family therapy. And then that's where I met my husband, John. We both are classmates. Uh And then we married. and then you probably imagine that both therapists getting together <laughs> is then should be a perfect marriage. Right. Uh, easy family Right? Life. <laughs> if, if it's not perfect, at least it should be a good or decent marriage. Yeah. But actually it was really horrible. Yeah. Like horrible, wow. horrible. Like we often jokingly say it was hellish. And then mm-hmm. I, I, I couldn't believe all the knowledge or things that you learn at school can be so nothing. Yeah. Wow. So you can imagine two people come. I already had another master's degree in Korea. So it was just, you were thinking that uh, both people who love the Lord Mm -hmm. and study this kind of stuff, marriage and family therapy, and then you put both of them together. They are very self-aware, reflective, Um, analyzing their own story. It's just perfect. But it was was really not. So our family, so going back to that, your your question. So that's just part of me. Like I'm a Korean, uh, I would say first generation because I came here at age 29, Mm -hmm. married non-Korean. So that was interesting part of my story. And then you are thinking that two therapists getting together should produce a good marriage, but it was not. So that's Mm -hmm. an interesting part of my story. And then all that coming out, uh, and then now I would say we really, um, not only good marriage, really know how to return to joy and peace when we lose peace mm-hmm. and joy. And I just, this, I don't know how to call that marriage. It's not a good marriage. It's about, it's yeah, it's rich and rare. Like I don't see that yeah. in the world, but it wasn't because of psychology. It wasn't. Bec- it wasn't because of communication skill. Uh, it was because of how you remain connected to God. So yeah. anyway, so that's. I, I think I didn't answer like exactly what it <laughs> is. So currently we have two kids, mm-hmm. ten and eight. Yeah. Uh, we live in LA area. And I'm currently having my private practice as a marriage and family therapist, but my main job is uh, mom. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I have my office and go see clients. And John uh, works at a local church as associate pastor. So that's what, that's what yeah, I yeah. am. 
Mm-hmm. I love that you are hesitant to say that you have a good marriage because how do you define that? But what makes a good marriage is not the absence of conflict or mm-hmm. pain or struggle, yeah. but that you have the ability to work through it and, and come back right. and move forward. I think that that's... That's a good marriage. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a powerful revelation in itself. This is it what is. a good marriage looks like. Yeah. Not that it's all sunshine and roses every day because that's yeah. just not real. I think some of us feel like that should be real, like that's what we're working towards, but to live in the reality yes. that there is still going to be... Yeah, even on the way coming home here in Kansas City, so now I call it home because yeah. we are here <laughs> like 10 days, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's home and on the way coming here John uh, got lost and not lost I think he kind of found another route and then he took uh, 25 extra minutes and then yeah yeah we have a really I don't know rich marriage yet yeah we were like angry yeah at each other frustrated yeah so we were then that affects kids so then kids were so Uh that's but how to return yeah to joy and peace before things happen like that it will ruin the whole trip but maybe 25 minutes Mm -hmm. yes so (laughs) that i would i will buy that yeah (laughs) so something like that you are so right it's not an absence of conflict or pain and that's why i love that saying i it's in the in the presence of emmanuel it's not an absence of pain, but it, n- but it is healing is found in the presence of Emmanuel. Yeah, that's what you are saying. But I yes. think that's when I, yeah. when I, I go and share uh, about God and what's healing because of our uh, yeah. job. People ask those things. And then I thought uh, practicing uh, marriage and family therapy in California, like, uh, in order for you to be paid, you have to produce this uh, tangible symptom reduction. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. So unless you reduce the symptom, unless you uh, quantify those things, mm-hmm. you are not going to be able to bill your work, yes. right? Yes. So then I was trained to believe that healing is an absence of pain, symptoms. Mm. Right. So I didn't know that's what I was trained yeah. to mm-hmm. think. But later I found out that I'm wired to see and constantly detect how can I reduce those things, the symptoms, yeah. Yeah. which is pain. Mm-hmm. And that really got me in trouble in life in general. Just parenting, marriage, friendship, whatever that you say it in your relationship with God. Yeah. That what you said, you you brought it up. It was very good. It's, but it's not the absence of those pain. It's not the reduction of those pain. It's in the presence of God, in the presence of joy and peace, in the midst of chaos that you were talking about even mm-hmm. earlier when we were talking. So I'll be quiet. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm like exploding out of my skin over here. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you're putting language to so many things that I've been stewing in and in my journey with the Lord and everything, there's huge things in my marriage. Can you maybe move here and you could be our therapist? That would, I'd appreciate that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Kim wanted us to move here, so maybe yeah. another one. <laughs> yeah. um, but all the conversations I've had with Jesus and concepts and the way my thinking is changing, and Christina makes fun of me 
um, for being like the smart thinker person or something. Yes. She likes mm. <laughs> She's I the intellectual <laughs> among us. <laughs> she Science. loves Some big words. Something like that. We <laughs> kind of joke because I have to explain things that I say because I speak a different language. Like I've got the Australian. And <laughs> she has to explain what she's saying because she's so smart. Like we <laughs> don't oh understand wow. half the Stop words that she's saying. Wow, wow. <laughs> okay. But not so compared to you. So oh, anytime <laughs> I meet like smart people, I'm like... Can I come closer to you, please? But I feel like you are giving language its truth. Yes. And we are so trained. It's, it's, it's that we're looking for the absence of pain and we're looking for pain yeah. reduction and all these things. And that's not even what it is. And I'm just, I'll, I don't know that I'm going to say much for the next 30 minutes. I'm just sitting here like, yes, yes. Can we, <laughs> can we write it down? Can we write it down and talk about it more? Well, like, can I mention maybe one thing that I'm so passionate about? So this is the probably uh, first time that I can publicly say it this <laughs> way. Okay, so as a therapist, people come in and my job is to help them to communicate. Yeah. And then even when I'm looking at my life and my relationship with John, uh, what really changed the quality of our marriage? Mm -hmm. So we've been married 15 and a half. So it's, it's going to be a 16th year in August. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> You've made it this I far. I know, made this far. <laughs> from hell to here. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think what happened is, this is the example that I it came to my mind. It's like, I was really decent person until I married John. Right? <laughs> right? Yes. Do you relate we to that? Decent, decent, decent person. Oh, I see. Good Sorry. person. You were a kind. good person. Okay. I'm a good person. Yeah. Like people say I'm a good person. Yeah. I'm kind. Yes. I'm thoughtful. I'm yes. considerate. Mm -hmm. And then when I met John, let's say the way that we communicate or the topic that we talk, all of a sudden I had peace and joy, but it's gone after I interact with John. So how could I... Explain that. <laughs> it's John. Yes. Right? And so I'm thinking. People would say that he's a decent person as well. He, he is. He <laughs> is. But then somehow the way that we both interact take my peace away. Mm -hmm. yeah. So then I tend to hold him responsible for restoring the peace back within me. Interesting. Yes. Bye. Uh -huh. That's just my observation of people, mm -hmm. like clients, even myself and my friends. So since you and I talk this way, John, maybe the way that you talk, or even he will say the same thing. I'm just saying yeah, it on yeah. my part. Yeah. So then unless you change that way, my peace will not be restored because mm -hmm. it keeps coming up. Mm -hmm. And then even John Gottman and then people... I think in marriage therapy, he's the guru, mm -hmm. uh, like a scientist who now quantify everything and just have a statistics out there. So it's not mm -hmm. anymore just like an abstract relationship thing. So yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about it if it, it comes up. But anyway, he also said there's like a huge percentage, like uh, eight more, over 80% that you cannot actually solve the problem just you got to learn to yeah. uh, live with with it, each other so then he will constantly take my peace away right so what am i going to do i that's why people come and okay can we communicate in a certain way that i don't either lose peace yeah. or so that that my husband can bring the peace back the one that he took that away mm. and that's what it was that's what i thought too uh -huh. right. but that's not true the peace can be only restored by God. Mm. And I think we demand peace from the other person when we lose it. 
because yeah. it's so precious. Mm. We don't want to lose it. The conviction I'm feeling right now <laughs> is so heavy that I... <laughs> Gosh, that is very profound truth because we yeah. all do that. I felt okay and then I had this interaction and now I don't feel okay. So I need to go back to that and solve that thing. That person needs to undo what they did. I mean, it's perfectly logical, yes. but it doesn't work. I mean, we've all, we've all lived that. We've all gone back and had that conversation and figured it out and we still don't have peace. We want restitution. You know. Right. Is how it feels from that other person. Mm-hmm. So, or even he will apologize, but the way that he apologizes <laughs> not enough. <laughs> so, it reveals that peace cannot be fully restored. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, like, that's what we are kind of laughing at. They have a, right. they have a way to contribute. Mm-hmm. They can say sorry. Yes. Like, whatever. And then John always make fun of me. The way that John says sorry or apologize is not enough. Like the yeah. way that I am satiated with his apology, he has to really sit in this place of pain. Like <laughs> he needs to be punished. I have to see him in remorse and like, like, like he, he needs to be in pain for maybe certain hours. So who knows what's my formula? It just yeah. changes every time. Right. Even in parenting, mm-hmm. yeah. kids can say, I'm sorry, mom. Yeah, that's all they can say. What, yeah. what can they do mm-hmm. after they... Yeah. took my peace away but if it does restore peace that's great but many moments i find that my peace is not restored yeah so that's that's just something that i want to share yeah in regard to marriage thank you for sharing that mm-hmm. so you mentioned emmanuel mm-hmm. um could you unpack that name? I think mm-hmm. many of us are familiar with the name right. of God, Emmanuel, but uh-huh. you use that word yeah. very specifically. Yeah. Can you right. explain to us uh, who he is to you, <sighs> what that means to you? I think it goes back to probably a little study that I did in school. So very interesting. You know, people make fun of. So the school that I went to, they had a three schools there. One is theology. One mm-hmm. is missiology. There's psychology. Mm-hmm. And then missiology and theology students kind of make fun of psychology students saying that they went there to fix themselves. <laughs> and then we just kind of like, <laughs> uh, like very offended. Yet, yet yeah. that holds such true. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Those, I will not talk about pastors, but I'm sure they do. But I can talk about those students uh, of psychology students like uh, me and John. I think we are very in touch with our own pain. And I'm sure, like me, I I cannot speak for other people. So I'm just like uh, applied to myself that I was very in touch with pain. Mm -hmm. And I was very in touch with trauma, different types of trauma. And I want to be able to heal. So I not only wanted to heal, now I wanted to be able to really heal other people. So, so Christina, you asked about Emmanuel. The more I study about trauma, we think that it's how bad the event was. Mm -hmm. But actually, the more day-to-day life kind of trauma that in 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 a relational term, it's more like any event that leads you to feel so alone. Mm-hmm. So trauma is not so defined by the size of it, but the, the lack of compassionate presence. Mm-hmm. 
during the event. So the then healing of trauma needs to include the compassionate presence. So how else we will unpack that in Christian language? And before they talk about trauma, you know, this Bible and who God is, Emmanuel, means that God is with us. Mm. And I love that because God is with us in all situations. He never promised that he would fix it. Right. But he promised that I would be with you. Yeah. But that the more you study trauma in our field, that's everything. Yeah. That's everything. That's what they are mm. talking about interventions and yes. Da, 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 da. So like, but God already said that I am with you. Mm-hmm. But the problem is we cannot perceive Him being with us when we are in pain. Mm-hmm. So it's already indwelling Holy Spirit mm-hmm. within us. Never left us. There was no moment of my life I was left alone. Mm-hmm. Yet, yet I can trace back and just touch it like that time i was alone that time i was alone but the church say no i was you are not alone but i felt alone yeah right how can i make that reality of emmanuel in my each breath of my life that's why that's why emmanuel like because that is something nobody can take away yeah his presence with us, in mm-hmm. us, and for us. And that's what changes everything. Your yes. circumstances and your pain and your whole Absolute. process is different Absolute. when you view it through the lens of... Emmanuel. He's with, with. me. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm speechless. <laughs> so as a discoverer of what joy is... Mm-hmm. Can you share with us some of your journey as a woman, a therapist, kind of all the pieces that are you as a mom of what it was to discover that pro- that process of joy? So to be like clear, I didn't discover joy. I think I have a mentor named Jim Wilder. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the one that who taught me the definition of joy i uh, happiness and joy those things it's hard to define and and then you hear it happiness is something that you get what you want Mm -hmm. joy is what i don't know like you know it's just more like that yeah yeah but he's the one that who say joy can be only defined in a relational context but happiness not necessarily i get what i want let's say i want an expensive purse and then i bought i somebody got it for me and then i'm happy right Mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be relational yeah but joy he said is something that you would feel when somebody's glad to be with you Mm -hmm. and then you know the brain goes then especially the right brain is the part of the brain that that will facilitate this relational dynamic you know, you build a relationship mm-hmm. to the other person. We all need a whole our brain, but he's saying they're much more uh, facilitated by our right side of brain. And that's where the very uh, part of the deeper part of the right brain, just even before you were born and just it's active and it's uh, um, functioning and working. And it is lit up when you see somebody who's glad to be with you. So the, that joy is that I just wanted to make sure yes. that I yeah. didn't yes. discover. No, that is that, yeah, 
Yeah, that's 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 where I learn. Mm -hmm. So what was the question? So well, again? when so did you meet Dr. Wilder, and how is this process of him mentoring you and you practicing, and what led you even to writing the Joyful Journey? So when I met him, I think he. He's the one. So, okay, I, I went to Fuller. I didn't want you to say it, but I decided. <laughs> okay, the reason I chose Fuller from Korea, some people also ask, well, how did you know Fuller from Korea? I think there is a lot of uh, Christian back in Korea, and then they love this school, uh, Fuller Theological S uh, Seminary. And there, those three schools are there. And then psychology promises, that department promised that, uh, we will teach you the integration between psychology and theology. How wonderful is that? Yeah, like, I yeah. just want that. So yeah. I, that's why I came to Fuller. Okay. And then it's a, I think, a lifelong journey. And then they really did a good job. But then in a clinical setting, I had no idea how to practice this right. theology and psychology. Hmm. Even though I want that integration, I was not equipped to really integrate both worlds. Mm -hmm. And when I met Dr. Wilder, he was the one that I felt like, oh my gosh, he's, <laughs> there's someone who integrates both. He's actually doing it. He's doing it. Yeah. And theology, when you think about joy, mm -hmm. I'm glad to be with you that that is actually um, more brain science concept that he take. But then that is the concept when God is so glad. I mean, Think about yeah. that. God is glad to be with you. Emmanuel, mm -hmm. to me, he is glad to be with you all the time. Wow. Yeah. All the time. I'm like, what? So, but what? that is that, again, without even seeing him, it's just integrated in his teaching. Mm -hmm. That's how I fell in love with his uh, teaching or who he is. Maybe that's what it was because yeah. I was looking for that. Yeah. seeking that integration and then since he had it I yeah. just I just follow him just teach me more like teach me more that's how I so he used to live in California Pasadena mm -hmm. and just recently he moved to Colorado so then uh -huh. I had the privilege of eight years or something kind of being wow. like mentored by him or like yeah. learning from him mm -hmm. that's yeah and then you asked something about how do we... How did you write the book? What brought all that about? Okay, so that, that, that concept, Joy, was a foundational concept that really changed my view. Like, it just... I think I need to slow down and really think about God to God. That because He is God of joy in His relationship with me, always relationship who I am is much more important than the problem that I bring. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I am always way more important than the sin I'm bringing to him. Wow. That's Emmanuel. Yeah. It's not just Emmanuel, like Christmas story Emmanuel. Yeah. It's like you, Christiana, you are always more important. You are bigger than the problem you are causing. <laughs> before him I think he had to change everything it's just mm. I think we all had those moments one point of our life that's why you fell we fell in love with God yeah mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. yes his kindness lead us to repentance yeah yet yet 
after living our Christian life, somehow we lose that. We forget. Now I'm so thankful to Jesus who died for my sin. Mm -hmm. So that now I need to live for the Lord by working hard or doing a good thing, mm -hmm. raising yeah. wonderful children or living a good life and just sharing more of Him. Yeah. And then while I'm living for the Lord, I completely lose sight of His presence with me. Mm -hmm. Even when I even sin, He's glad to be with me. I mean, it's it's hard. Like many parts of me saying, "You know, how could that be? He's so holy that holiness and the sin cannot coexist. Mm -hmm. How could you say that you are God is glad to be with you when you sin?" Mm -hmm. I have to. Maybe that's for the non-Christian. Because he wants them to come to him, but not for me. Because I'm already uh, saved. I know better. Yeah. So we lose sight of this reality of joy. He's saying, Sangshim, I'm glad to be with you when you fail. Mm -hmm. That changes everything. That, If I truly believe that, mm -hmm. my life of hardship will not turn into traumatic. Right. Yeah, so that joy was foundational. And then the more I get to kind of leave that out, I had always this question. How can I help other people to have that access? Yeah. So like you asked how the manual journaling came about. Mm -hmm. So then I'm a therapist and who believes in it, and that's why I'm practicing too. And then I, John and I, when we both were really having a hard time in marriage, we went to see a therapist, and which was helpful. So I really believe in it. Yeah. But what I really believe in it is God being a wonderful counselor. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that he should be a best therapist out there. <laughs> but how could we utilize him? Yeah. Huh. yeah. I think that was my yeah. question. And I just briefly say in the beginning that I grew up so poor. Therapy is so expensive. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I have problem with that because I I cannot afford that. Yeah. So then even though I practice that way, like let's say I I help my family by bringing money by mm -hmm. doing therapy, deep in my passion, this should be available and accessible to anybody. Yes. So then Emmanuel journaling was more like that concept of Emmanuel joy. We can bring it to therapists or other facilitator, but how could we, community of people, yes. living that way to one another? Yeah. So then then that's what, just one day I was, I, that's why I cannot say I develop. Mm -hmm. I cannot say, I'm almost like a Emmanuel journaling process was born. Mm -hmm. I felt like it's wow. born out of, just my desire to see this reality of presence of God and action of God, like touching people. Like, so that's how Emmanuel Journal, more than without facilitator. We need that though. But in a daily life, every moment of it, how could we have access to this wonderful counselor? who is always glad to be with us, yeah. letting us know, like, I'm glad yeah. to be with you, even though you feel so 
feeling sad, angry, ashamed, or embarrassed, or you were stuck in there. But I am so glad to be with you. I'm in it with you. And so what does therapists do? When you go, uh, the good therapist will give you a sense of like, oh, she got me. Yeah. yeah. How does even good friend? It doesn't even need to be a therapist. Let's uh-huh. just say that you are having a hard day. You called her, and then just yeah. at the end of the conversation, you feel better. Mm-hmm. Nothing changes. Yes. But then somehow you feel better. Mm-hmm. And why? It's because you felt seen. Yeah. You felt heard. Yeah. You felt understood. And it's just you know that just she's still think of me a good friend. Like she's yeah. glad to be with me uh-huh. even in my sin. Yes. Yeah. And then she offered that I'll pray for you or I'll bring you dinner. Yeah. Like yeah. I can do something, right? I can do something about it, right? Yeah. So those things that I just went over is the manual journaling process. Yeah. Because that's any good friend, any good human relationship, I don't need to say therapist because I think to me that he came from it, but it doesn't yeah. need to be therapist. Any good friendship, relationship, you will see that when you are in pain and you are sitting with somebody who really give you a sense that I see you, I hear you, I understand how big what you are going through, but you know what, I'm glad to be with you. And whatever the weakness you will keep talking about over and over again, I see it so with tenderness. Mm-hmm. And I, I can do just a little something about it. Mm-hmm. That call in psychology, attunement. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, if God is a wonderful counselor, don't you think that he will offer that to me all the time? Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Especially if he's always with us. Yes. <laughs> so basically he's <laughs> offering that attunement to yeah. me every moment of my life. Yeah. So I think that that's why so it's so simple. That's why I don't I don't even say that I develop. It would just come out of it. It's just born out of that desire for people. So it's for the people. It's not it doesn't belong to me or John or Jim or Anna who wrote that book. Mm-hmm. It was just more for the sake of other people who are hungry for that interaction with God in the middle of chaos or pain and just sit down and simple process of going through this journal. It's just incredible to me that you, I mean, you describe that concept of, of marrying psychology and theology together because I think um, it's so easy to keep our, our Christianity or our understanding of the Bible or whatever in one kind of very separate box. But you said, we worship you as our wonderful counselor, as our That's prince right. of peace. Yep. Why are we not using who you are in this very real life situation, in our in our pain and our shame and our whatever it is that we're processing? And then we, in this world, even though I'm a therapist, we look to therapists as an expert mm-hmm. in that regard. Right. Yeah. But I think... Okay, it sounds funny, but I think God is all, like what you say, Prince of Peace and wonderful mm-hmm. counselor. He is. Yeah. So I want that to be real. Mm-hmm. He, he makes a difference, I feel like. He, he is involved in our life. Yeah. Yeah. I think so much of the time, too, we grow up in the church. A lot of us grew up in the church with a background where even if we know he's our friend and he's our God and he's our savior we think of him more in terms of someone we oh yep sorry I'm going to show up to tell you like I did that wrong and I'm going to do better and you know it's that mentality that 
we're not stopping and saying, I'm coming to you because I know you are attuning to me right now and you're with me and you are offering me this. You know, there's just, we need to tell everyone we know (laughs) (laughs) that he is Emmanuel. Yes. (laughs) You know? I think almost that Emmanuel were lost the meaning. It's just Christmas story. But when we go back to what we share earlier, that Mm -hmm. joy. Yeah. Yeah. It is that that's his name. That's his character. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Wow, Sunshine, this is just so rich. <laughs> Thank you for sharing your, your process and your journey that you have been on. If I can just ask one last question. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to meet a young woman who loved the Lord but was stuck in the middle of it all whether they're married or single whether they have a bunch of kids or they're stuck in their career and they're buckling under the pressure of of our culture and their society and honestly their expectations on themselves and they want to start to access the joy that the lord has made available Mm. um i feel like this is a huge question Mm -hmm. to lay on you but (laughs) (laughs) what would your advice or your encouragement be to them where where can we start so I, I think it's always safe to share my story instead yeah. of like talking to somebody because I don't know their stories. What recently has been really helpful to me is that being welcomed by God. So it's I same concept, joy. Yeah. But I think we as a mom especially, I want to give something that I didn't have. I grew up poor, so I want to give my kids not the pain of not having enough. Mm-hmm. So, like, out of our pain, we wanted to give something better than what we had yeah. to especially children. So I don't know about the yeah. career, other part, but especially what really comes out is in my parenting. I really want to give good yeah. things to my children. Mm-hmm. And... That over-focus on that, what I lose is that God is welcoming every part of me. And then I need to be welcomed by his love, all of me. So what I'm trying to say is, as subtle as it is, I try to leave something that I didn't get to leave out through my children through my work, through my even client. Like I want to really, when I interact with my client, there's just certain part of me that was not welcomed in me. Mm. But I see that lost child in her or his story, mm-hmm. and I want to mm-hmm. welcome them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I welcome them so well as a therapist. When I see that in my children, I welcome them so well, probably overly. Yeah. I want to protect them so much. Mm-hmm. Even in my husband, I see that. And I want to welcome that. Mm-hmm. And I think I failed to welcome that lost child in me. Mm-hmm. And I think what I wanted to share with the women who are stuck, whatever that is, I, my speculation is, why don't you pause and welcome that lost child in you instead of trying to welcome others so just my that's my recent practice yeah that's beautiful there are many tears in the room (laughs) (laughs) 
I've the Lord has continuing ongoingly I'm experiencing that with the Lord mm. without having those words I and see. those words exactly describe mm. what I I'm see. experiencing with Emmanuel over just even the last year. I see. Um I had two little questions, Please? if I may. Yeah. The first is, and again, this is a this is a giant question, but what is the heart of how your marriage went mm-hmm. from hell mm-hmm. to richness? Mm. So I think it, the initial one was more. This was I have to say, give that uh, credit to Imago Therapy. That's mm. the therapist that we went. So at the end of therapy or the workshop that we attended, how I walk away was he's doing his best. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing my best. Yet, yet, whatever he's doing is not really heal me or help me. Mm-hmm. It was the other way. It just really pained me the most. And then I keep thinking that he's doing it intentionally. I said it many times, why you are not changing. Mm-hmm. But then I, at the end of the workshop or uh, that therapy, I began seeing John as someone who's so wounded mm-hmm. and doing his best to reach me and love me and same. I want to do the same. So then beginning to see the, uh, the other person with the compassion mm-hmm. because I got to see his brokenness, the combination of his brokenness from his mom or yeah. from his dad and same, right. same thing. So that kind of deep sense of just seeing the other person's uh, good and all, even the weakness with this compassion mm-hmm. So there was one phase, Mm -hmm. the very beginning of it. So then I know that he did not do it intentionally. But the second phase was, okay, that's good. I can see that he's not doing it intentionally, but it hurts. Yeah, (laughs) He's still doing it. Yeah. It still hurts. It still hurts. So the beginning was it's more like blaming that. Why you are doing that? Why you are inflicting that pain on me intentionally? If you know it, please stop. But then I, I learned that he didn't mean to do it. Yeah. But it's... So then the second phase was, so it was less painful, but then it still hurts me yeah. so much. Yeah. And that's where that day to day that I need to learn to die to myself. So funny thing is, even though I thought that it was John who lost, I took my piece mm-hmm. away, mm-hmm. but it was all, earlier what I said, it was my lost child, this, mm-hmm. this little girl who yearned for their protection, who yearned for their unconditional mm-hmm. love, who yearned for that this abundance, I demanded from John. Because mm. that's what, like, you know, you cannot choose your mom and dad, but you chose your spouse in the hope right. that <laughs> I can heal right. that. I didn't know that's right. what I did. <laughs> I didn't have a choice right. over my parents who caused those pain. Yeah. And there's a power differential, so yes. you cannot even do anything about yeah. it. <laughs> but I didn't know, but unconsciously, I chose a spouse who create very similar sets of pain. <laughs> but now we are equal in the hope that I can fix it. Oh. So that's why the disappointment is probably double. 
Yes. Because I didn't Absolutely. have that from my mom and dad, and you were Absolutely. doing it again? Yeah, yeah. How could you do that to yeah. me? So then, but initial stages, like, okay, he's not doing it intentionally. He's even out of his brokenness. Yeah. He's, he, yeah. he wanted to reach me. He wanted to be loved by me. But then the second that phase was, okay, whatever the pain that I am experiencing it, this is just so profound for my journey. The pain that I felt during the marriage was the scream of my false self dying. Mm. So I'll say it again. The pain that I felt was almost the scream of false self dying. I, the false self doesn't want it to die. Mm. False self saying, yes, you deserve that. Songshim, don't you think you grew up that so difficult? Don't you think you deserve that at least here? So the false self keeps saying it, you deserve it. You better have it here. If you don't have it here from John, oh, no hope. It's gone. And it's just like, but then God is saying, die with me. Die with me. And the one verse that I always was having a hard time to understand was that participate, participate in the death of Christ so that you can participate in the glory of resurrection. And I'm like, how do I die? I'm not persecuted in like, like in mission field and I'm not yeah. killed, but how could I join in your death so that I could join in your yeah. glory of resurrection? I want that, yeah. <laughs> but then do I need to be killed? And then in our marriage, that the dying to, Dying with Jesus, I think, again, saying it. I felt like God is saying, you know, the very word that you have to feel like you have to say. Because I'm thinking, John, if you do that, like, you know, the, I always have to say the last word. Like, I've, yeah. I'm right, you know. Even in parenting, too. I have to say the last word. Because if I don't teach you, you are going to be so embarrassed outside. You are going to be so ashamed outside. So I have to say the last word. For your protection. And then and any good relationship when God say, let's say, hold your tongue. Yeah. And then I cannot hold my tongue. Like when I try to hold my tongue, many times I fail. And I felt so bad afterward. Like because yeah. I ended up using this sharp word or like death giving word. And then you feel so bad about yourself. And I felt like God is saying, Songshim, die with me. That's what it is like to participate in my death. And that word that you want to say, anyway, that's not from truly who you are. Mm. It's the false self who's so scared of losing the battle. It was always has to win, thinking that that's the best way of living. But that's not even true. That's not even who you are. Die with me. So you can be resurrected with me. And that, again, I made a lot of mistakes even afterward. <laughs> yeah. But that was a huge, yeah. like, change. That I could really, like, okay. Because I'm not doing it alone. Again, the trauma. Yeah. Uh -huh, I'm not yeah. doing it alone. I'm not doing it just, I'm suck it up. Like, willpower. Like, it's not like that. Okay, God's saying, okay, he's beckoning me. Die with me, honey. Trust mm. me, mm. the relationship will be resurrected. Mm. That 
you will taste the glory of my resurrection and hmm. okay <laughs> there's a hope okay <laughs> right. i'm doing it so that that has been really helpful mm-hmm. and then that kind of really emmanuel journaling together with john last mm-hmm. five years doing mm-hmm. it together so then now i get to know what actually god is doing in his soul <laughs> i mean i did that but here this is like that i suck it up i mean suck it up in a sense that okay i hope with you god okay <laughs> i hope that you are doing something in john's life okay <laughs> like like you still endure it endure it endure uh-huh. it but then when we got to practice this way of mm-hmm. processing with god and so i get to hear john's journal yeah, yeah. Dang it, then I hear God saying, John, I see you. Yeah. Honey, I hear your pain. In pain means a lot of time, why Songshim is acting like that? <laughs> like, <laughs> John, I hear you saying, why I can he will say, why I cannot uh, execute the things that I wanted. Like he will just, the very thing that I'm worried about and hating about him not growing, he's wrestling with God. And then yeah. God is so gently saying, but I understand, John, how big this is for you, yeah. honey, but I'm glad to be with you. And then I will help you. I can do something about what you are going through. So I hear God telling John how much God cares about him and with him. That gave me a like whole different level of peace. Now I don't need to endure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't need to. I don't need to do this. Oh, God got that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another yeah, phase of yeah, my yeah. richness of marriage that I'm talking about. Thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> James and I have just started doing the prayer journaling process together. We've just done it a handful of times, but I think John and James are probably quite similar in that they're they have a lot of charisma and they're very strong people and so you kind of assume that they've got it figured out and it's it's been a very similar process for me that when I see the inner workings of his heart I have so much more compassion and I'm able to really understand uh, the bigger picture and things that I thought why does he keep doing that (laughs) you know but to see that there is a question mark in his heart and there's a desire and a working and a process and that the Lord is in that and just as you say, it gives you hope, it gives you grace. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's, I just want to say amen. I hope amen. to have a five-year reflection like you have yeah. <laughs> with a rich marriage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So thank yeah. you for sharing. Yeah. As we are here with Emmanuel and listening to him, is there anything else? on your heart or that you hear him speaking to share with us and the people who will listen to this? Well, I think one thing that I've been, it's not so much what I want to share. It's been something I've been practicing. I've been wanting Mm. to uh, more implement in my life is what we pray earlier. I really want to attune with my body. Mm. Uh, we gr- I grew up in a church that body was so not honor. Mm-hmm. So I'm not only talking about health, like exercise or take care of your body. A uh, lot of time I noticed that I don't listen to the voice of my body. And I, if you guys are familiar with the trauma work, 
before we thought that you make sense out of it and it's gone. Mm. Uh, but actually, some trauma experts saying that trauma lives in your body. Yeah. Mm. So, even though in my mind, oh, it's nothing. It's okay. Like, oh, I got this. Really didn't feel a big deal. But then my heart beats fast. Even earlier, I really... Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's. I'm just talking to. That's something I'm really good at. Like so, and I can see that you guys are so, uh, same-minded and, like I already admire that. Wow, those women. I want to learn from these women. So, mm. I feel safe. Really, I feel safe. Mm-hmm. But my body, my heart mm-hmm. beats fast. Mm-hmm. Then I quickly say, oh, "But what's a big deal? Mm-hmm. So just, uh, just go with it." Yeah. Like I quickly, harshly treating my body, the mm-hmm. voice of this, the lost child, mm-hmm. whatever yeah. that is. Mm-hmm. And Emmanuel journaling, those things really helped me to leave out this joy concept. But mm-hmm. recently what I personally go through is, or applying, I slow down and listen to the voice of my body mm-hmm. and pause and actually ask Jesus what that is about so nothing like just as something that i've been working on i've been really enjoying that process and it's been so helpful for me to live this coherent life integrated life it's like it can be a mind and body separate kind of my mind think that you're good like go for it Mm -hmm. but my body is saying i don't feel safe i don't Mm -hmm. feel safe Mm. Yeah, in parenting, marriage, anything at workplace, many times if we slow down, and to really listen to my body, and to take it to God and say, "This is this is my body saying God, but my mind seems okay, but it's that's what's going on." Mm-hmm. Even invite God in that place, and listen to it and honor it, and integrate that. Um. So that's something that I would love other uh, people, women out there, just kind of consider talking to God about if this is something mm-hmm. worth of your attention or intention to even practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mindfulness. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. yes. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. The, f- the first time I did Emmanuel journaling um, in the the. I think it's step two where it says, I see you. I, yes. And that the little quotation was, um, even even your physical sensations. Yes. And yeah. I thought, that's kind of odd. Like, that's got nothing to do with it. Honestly, like, my initial thought mm. was to kind of brush that off. But I, I stopped and I looked at my body and I was, like, all curled up mm. in this chair, like, really tight while mm-hmm. I was journaling. Even though I was really excited to do the process, <laughs> yeah. my body language was like yeah. locked down and I reflected over it and it's like that's how my life was. There were all these situations. None of them were like major but I was like insecure so I was like curled up yeah. in my parenting, in my marriage, in <gasps> little situations. It was like my body was reflecting actually what was going on in my heart and if I hadn't yeah. sort of stopped and yeah. paid attention to that I would never have thought that. Because I was having a great evening. Yeah. We were on this leadership training school that I'm a part of form and it was a great teaching and I was excited. I love these kinds of exercises. I was like, yeah, let's do this. And then I was like, whoa, <laughs> you know. So I just want to agree with that 
that process, I think there's a lot that our body is communicating to us if we're willing to stop and pay attention. And the Lord's just wired us holistically. There's not meant to be this huge divide between body and soul and spirit. And This has been a very rich and sweet time together. Thank you so much for sharing your heart and your journey with us, Sashim. And our prayer is that this is a, a great blessing that wherever you're listening to this, whether it's in the car with your children crying in the background or yes. <laughs> while you're cooking dinner or whatever, that the, that the Holy Spirit will really bring these truths um, to you deeply in a way that will really restore peace and yeah. joy and hopefully give you a tool in your hand to walk these things out in difficult seasons as well. Yeah, if it's this manual journaling, is a one way that you wanted to explore even... Uh, engaging yourself with God, mm-hmm. then I think there's emmanueljournaling.com that is so new and that we are working on it. So don't expect any really <laughs> fancy thing, but we wanted to provide uh, our teaching. I mean, we don't have any equipment, so we are doing it on a, uh, our own like iPhone, but we so believe in it. I, I kind of slowly getting over this fear of putting myself out there, especially as an international student. Mm-hmm not having to see the other face, kind of not getting my sometimes pronunciation and giving me the feedback, then I can correct it. But like looking at the just iPhone and yeah. talking, it's very yeah. uh, vulnerable, yes. especially someone like me who not only just on the screen, but I don't, I cannot guarantee my pronunciation. So then I rather have this person to person dialogue than looking at the camera yeah. or the iPhone. But we believe in it so much because it changes our, not yes. only my life, yes, my does. marriage was just like yeah. changing. My parenting is changing every year. So yeah. I feel if I don't do it just because I look stupid or I look not together, not perfect, because I want to yeah. I want to do it so nice. Yeah. If it's yeah. not nice, I don't want to share. Mm-hmm. But then we are, I am mainly, John is not like that. I'm mainly getting over that fear. It's okay. Yeah. I don't need to be perfect. I I might say wrong, like in my pronunciation, we cannot go change it and fix it. But I want to share. So if those who wanted to kind of learn more about the process, why we do those things, then emmanueljournaling.com. That's a place that you can go Perfect. and maybe find. Well. Thank you for being with us yes. tonight. <laughs> um, I think we have one more podcast in this series coming up yeah. with April Panwell, yes. the other Aussie. We get to time travel again. Mm-hmm. So join us for that uh, next week.